I'm Kim Singletary. And I'm Rich Collins with Biz New Orleans Magazine. Welcome to Biz Talks. Each week, we reach beyond the pages of Biz New Orleans Magazine to bring you in-depth conversations with members of the business community. From the names everyone knows to the ones destined to make their mark, we'll dive into the top issues, best practices, successes, and failures of every industry that calls Southeast Louisiana home. Welcome to this week's episode of Biz Talks. I'm Kim Singletary, Managing Editor of Biz New Orleans Magazine. And today we're going to talk about um, the North Shore. And we're going to talk about home building on the North Shore. And I might have a little bit of interruptions from a six-month-old here. But we're going to hopefully get through this. Um, So our June issue is our North Shore issue. And we... A big talk on the North Shore right now is about the moratorium. So uh, President Mike Cooper, uh, St. Tammany President Mike Cooper, uh, came out in January talking about um, how he wanted to do a moratorium of no more than one home per acre um, for six months on the North Shore to help with issues like traffic and congestion and all the stuff that everybody knows is going on. Um, that created an immediate response from the HBA, the Home Builders Association, um, but that would be bad for many reasons. And today we are talking um, with a home builder on the North Shore, um, Mr. Jules Gidry. He is the CEO of Highland Homes. And we're going to talk about what happened with that moratorium and what's going on on the North Shore um, with the home building right now. <laughs> and minimal crying and screaming, hopefully, from everybody involved. Um, so welcome, um, Mr. Gidry. Thank you, Kim. I enjoyed, uh, enjoyed the opportunity to be with you today. Uh, so, so basically what ended up happening was it, the, um, the council got together, city council, and it's now four, you're limited to four homes per acre. Is that right? Uh, that's correct. Uh, the final amended version of the uh, moratorium ordinance allows for four homes per acre to be developed as opposed to the one home per acre or one lot per acre as originally proposed in February. Okay, so how is that going to affect things on the North Shore? What do you, as a home builder, how do you feel about what's come about? Well, Certainly, when uh, we were informed that uh, President Mike Cooper was uh, going to propose a moratorium for one lot per acre, that was going to be devastating to our uh, residential construction industry on the North Shore, simply because uh, most people could not uh, afford one acre of land to build a home. Typically, you're going to have uh, four homes per acre. Uh, on on a on a given development. So with one home, can you imagine at the cost of property, if you were going to quadruple the cost of a lot to build your home on? So we felt like this was going to be devastating, and it was a you know probably the biggest blow uh, that we had dealt with in the residential construction industry in in my time and in, in you know over a quarter century. So. We had to get involved in this and uh, and and move forward, which which began in February uh, of, of notifying the parish president, notifying the council that this was certainly going to be problematic for us, and and then we moved on to begin to you know uh, activate our membership, and uh, 
we had a legal opinion uh, rendered and uh, we, we notified the council of their, uh, the economic impact of our industry being the fourth largest industry in the parish. And, and with all those efforts, we were able to start turning the tide a bit to a more balanced approach. Let's go back just a second and, and talk a little bit about Highland Homes. How long have you guys been in the area? What kind of footprint do you have? We have been in the building business for the past 26 years. Uh, my wife and I founded the company uh, in 1996 on the South Shore and uh, moved uh, about 12 years ago to the North Shore um, because of the quality of life of the North Shore and the migration of, of people wanting to, to move to the North Shore. Um, our footprint is about 20 homes per year, and we build mostly on the west side of St. Tammany Parish, which is a high growth area. So um, it's uh, we are a small volume builder, uh, but for this market outside of the public builders, uh, which are the national names that you may have heard of before, we are one of the larger of the smaller home builders. So. Um, it's it's worked great for us. We love our industry, and we and we're certainly here to support, you know, anything that we can do to make uh, home ownership uh, better for all concerned. So you guys build custom. Like, what 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 are your what kind of homes do you build? We build what I would classify as a semi-custom home. We work based on a a group of plans that we have built before and have proven. Uh, to be, you know, something that that the market is is purchasing, and then we let our clients uh, personalize the home. So we say you can come in and personalize our homes as opposed to customize or custom home building. And the advantages of that to a buyer is that they come in; it's a known product, it's predefined. We're able to issue a price because we know the price of that home, we know the cost to build it, and then we have a portfolio of selections uh, that is over a thousand different items, lighting and plumbing and flooring, et cetera. And uh, the buying public just love the process because it is a certain, uh, it, it, they have certainty when they leave from the very first meeting, what the cost will be and what the fixtures and finishes uh, will look like. They can walk through a model home, see it, touch it, feel it. So uh, we're a bit unique in that in our price range, which is about 450,000, including land to about 750,000, of course, including land. We're unique in that, uh, in selling that way, most folks in that price range are just strictly custom. Okay, so jumping back into things, um, we had uh, your HBA president, Amy, um, on the cover, for this June issue. And she was talking about how this moratorium will basically affect more like PU, PUDs, planned unit developments. Um, can yes. you talk a little bit about that and what that's gonna look like going forward? Well, the, the, the council and the parish administration have some concerns about the PUD overlays, planned unit development overlays which means in a nutshell that if uh, you have a piece of property, let's say is zoned for four lots per acre, and you wanted to overlay that with a plan unit development that you may choose because of uh, some wet 
wetlands or some detention ponds, et cetera, that you may have some density trade-offs and have more than four lots per acre in one section of the property and then have zero homes per acre in another section just because of the uh, just because of the makeup of that particular land. And the parish is very concerned about um, when you can get higher than four lots per acre, let's say six lots per acre, and then put an overlay on top of that, the density, um, it, it gets, you can imagine it gets pretty tight. So the parish is trying to address that. And um, we are certainly as, uh, you know, the Home Builders Association, and as Highland Homes interested in that process and, and helping them uh, better, better serve the PUD process um, to the point, in fact, that uh, out of the moratorium debate uh, came uh, a, a committee formed by the parish council uh, chairman, uh, Mr. Jerry Bender, and, and he calls this committee the Simple Solutions Committee. And we have met twice, um, I have been asked to sit on that committee as part of the Home Builders Association, and we're beginning to work through the details and the minutia uh, to just make this a better process and serve both the public who, you know, want better uh, drainage, they want, you know, to improve the traffic congestion, and to keep an industry alive and serve those who want to move into the parish. Um, my experience through serving on the National Association of home builders, state and local government affairs. This is this is not an uncommon problem around the country and it can be solved. And we are now happy um, as an association that the process is beginning to take place. So what kind of things do you think will come about to help with this? Like you said, a lot of it's, it's congestion problems, which anybody's noticed if they've gone up to the North Shore, just a lot of growth in a short period of time. Um, there's obviously water issues like we have all around this region. Um, what, what kind of solutions do you think we're, are gonna be at least on the table? Well, like I said earlier, I think when you put a plan unit development overlay uh, on top of something that is already a six lot per acre um, maximum density, it, it's problematic. I think that is gonna be addressed where you, We'll have an, and 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 I as well as the association very much in favor of. Um, you have housing options, housing types within a single community, and maybe not all of the homes in the community may be on smaller lots, 40 or 50 feet wide. But a percentage of those, for uh, either it be you know workforce housing, uh, whether it be for first responders, educators, then you move up to a middle price point housing. Uh, and then you move up to a state size housing. Those communities are popular around the country and everyone just wants a better quality of life. And, and it be, it's a more balanced uh, community. And I think that's what's gonna come out of this where you don't have communities only with the very smallest of the lots, but you have a percentage of each and offer the buying public housing options which we want and all of the different housing types. And I think that's what you're going to see uh, as, as one thing out of this, out of this process. Okay. Um, what about, I think uh, we talked about this a little bit on the cover story for June too. Um, what about dealing with 
the water issues and um, wetlands and things like that around there? Is that anything that you well, guys? Well, I think, you know, ironically, we've already begun to discuss these things. And, you know, you may think this is simple and this is happening every day, but the parish is cleaning ditches on a continuing basis. But, you know, what we don't have as much focus on, and, and I'm, I'm just speaking from my observations, is cleaning the culvert systems that go under driveways, go under highways, and, you know, getting the proper equipment just to begin to take, th that is a real simple solution. Not only clean the ditches, let's clean the culverts. Uh, another simple solution, but a little bit broader in scale, is the desnagging of the next level of tributaries that take that water and flow it out. Um, you know, that's a difficult task because when equipment moves into someone's, you know, servitudes to start desnagging, uh, you know, some sort of waterway that may be behind their property, everybody gets concerned. But what happens over time, just like a clogged drain in your home, um, you need to desnag from fallen trees, from storms, et cetera, silting in. And so those types of items are on the table, which will just make to improve uh, local drainage. And that's where you hear a lot of the, the complaints. It's just their local street, their local community. And I think that's a big first step. Is there funding to do stuff like that? And who, who would do that? There is funding in, in the parish budgets for the smaller scale um, uh, efforts that we talked about with cleaning the ditches and, and some of the desnagging, certainly. But, um, you know, this is a, a, a big windfall for the entire state is uh, the Louisiana Watershed Initiative, which was funded by federal dollars to the tune of $1 billion for the state, um, issued in more or less $100 million uh, uh, parcels, if you will. And each district, which I think there are nine districts across uh, the state, can apply for funding for projects. That is an ongoing effort uh, at this point. And, and I know that in St. Tammany Parish, uh, you know, they're looking at that closely. I don't know the specifics on each of their projects that they are submitting, but there are federal dollars, certainly. Awesome. So let's switch gears a little bit. So what's been, there's quite a few things that have been going on. We've had obviously supply chain issues which have been talked about a lot. Um, and then we've had um, interest rate changes um, for mortgages. How have those things affected um, you guys on a, on a local level? Well, you know, both uh, are concerning. Uh, certainly interest rates are more current. Um, you know, we were enjoying very low interest rates up until just several months ago. Um, but, but let me address the supply chain issues first. Um, it, it is still proving to be very challenging and, and you name it in the construction of a home. And there have been issues, whether it be from roofing, drywall, appliances, you know, go down the list of over 30 or 40 different product types used in an individual home. And from week to week, you don't know what is, is going to be the next thing. It's like whack-a-mole. You know, we solve this, uh, but then we have this other issue that arises. Uh, and I'll give you a, a real life example. We could not get uh, baseboard molding for, some, for homes, which is a simple product. I mean, it's just not a complex manufacturing process. 
throughout the southeastern part of the United States. So um, I sent a, a, a vehicle up, trailer up to Nashville to get product out of that market because they didn't have that same concern we did here in the southeast. And we were able to take care of that supply chain issue. Um, you know, that, that's just some of the things we're doing, sourcing product from wherever we can. Um, but, I, you know, I think with tying it to interest rates, I think as interest rates have risen, I think in time, whether that will be six months, nine months, 12 months, we will see a slowing of the market. And I think some of the supply chains will be issues will begin to resolve themselves. Um, we're further, we're getting further and further away from the pandemic. So manufacturing is, is, I wouldn't say they are keeping up, but better able to keep up. And we are seeing some relief on some product categories. So um, certainly still a major problem, but um, sort of a double-edged sword, you know, we'll get relief, but, you know, only because the market is going to change due to interest rates. Um, you know, speaking, speaking of interest rates, what we see in our local market at this point is, um, uh, especially in the price range that we sell and that we met, I mentioned earlier, that folks are coming in or buyers are coming in and opting for a slightly smaller home to offset the increased costs they may have seen maybe six months ago, a year ago, um, when they first maybe entertained the idea of a new home and maybe have come in and meet, met with us. So now they come back and they go, oh my goodness, look at this new price. So not totally offsetting the price increase, but somewhat softening uh, you know, the pain of the price increase, they'll say, well, I'll take the model that maybe is 200 square foot of living space smaller than I was originally looking at. So we're not seeing yet um, the buyer disappear. The buyer is still there just making different choices, which is good. And hopefully we will, we will you know, be able to manage this in that, in that way moving forward until we can, you know, we can at least get uh, interest rates stable. Right now, I think people are concerned about where are they going to stop? So, you know, hopefully that's, that's giving you enough, uh, some insight into how we're dealing with both that supply chain and interest rate. So is that going to change what you offer? Are you going to maybe go a little smaller on what you're offering as far as different options for homes? Absolutely. You give you an example. We um, really, I mean, rates, you know, went up so quickly. You know, everyone anticipated this, but not at the rate. Um, pardon me, <coughs> the rate that they did increase over the last quarter. So we we started seeing that trend of people saying, "Well, I, I maybe don't want this model. You know, give me the one that's smaller." So we went out directly to our design team and said, okay, well, we need more of this product in this square footage range because we want more options. We, we found people selecting just one or two of the models. That's all we had in that particular size. So we're expanding our inventory of those plans to serve that buyer. Yes. I mean, we had to react and, and quite frankly, still are reacting to that. So just kind of wrapping up. So we've got, you, you think as far as supply chain, you think things may start to, to, 
settle out a bit in the next six to nine months? Yes, I, I think so. But again, like I said, the double-edged sword is the market is going to slow for that to happen. Um, it, but even, even with a robust market, I, I do believe as we get further and further away from the pandemic and people get back to normal manufacturing, not so many uh, pandemic protocols on the production lines, et cetera, that you know, the, the longer we, we, we go out uh, from the pandemic, we will see the supply chain issues start to settle. So I'm very optimistic on that. Hopefully that, uh, you know, that, 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 you know, that's what's happened. That's what will happen. And then the timeline on this simple solutions committee, what are you guys thinking? When should people start to see something out of that? Well, I think they will see some things, um, you know, coming up in the in, in the upcoming council meetings. Um, it's a group that wants to make change and wants to, you know, not waste time to do it. So I think you're going to begin to see some things, um, you know, as early as July and August. Um, you know, we're tackling some of the uh, written ordinance language, and uh, then from there we want to just start focusing on you know, the real simple solutions is, you know, what are we doing? Do we have the right equipment? Are we getting out and cleaning enough of the ditches, the larger tributaries, uh, the desnagging? you know, how focused are we on funding for larger projects? Um, but, but I'm, I'm happy to serve in that group. And uh, I, it's a group that, that recognizes the public want action. And uh, we are, we're trying to address that. And I think we are ready to, to do things as fast as we can. And that's awesome. Well, I appreciate it. My coworker is getting fussy, so I appreciate your time. Um, but I, it's really interesting what's going on up there. I do love the North Shore. My parents are up there and we're up there all the time. So I, I'm excited to see things improve up there um, from the infrastructure point of view. And um, and I'm glad you guys got the win and, um, and things didn't just stop. I know, I mean, affordability is an issue everywhere. And if you start saying, you know, one home per acre, that's, that's going to make things a lot worse. So, um, so I'm, I'm glad things worked out. And, um, and I hope, like you said, I hope that things do get better on the supply chain issue. Um, as a homeowner, boy, just getting anything done <laughs> is a challenge right now. So um, but I appreciate your time and, um, and thank you for your input on all of this. Well, sure. We appreciate the opportunity to speak about the residential construction industry on the North shore. And, uh, it was, uh, it was, it was my pleasure to chat with you, Kim. And so anybody who's interested, um, the North shore HBA has a website and all of the, of the socials, I think. And, um, and then Highland homes, I'm assuming highlandhomes.com. Yeah, it's correct. Yes. Highlandhomes.com. Great, and um, make sure to pick up our June issue. Uh, the HBA president uh, is on the cover and is talking more about these issues and uh, the whole issue has a North Shore focus. So um, go ahead and pick that up. And thank you so much, Mr. Guidry, for joining us. Sure thing, thank you, Kim. Thanks for listening to another episode of Biz Talks. If you like what you hear each week, don't forget to rate us and leave a comment wherever you listen to your podcasts. And follow us on social media at Biz New Orleans. For more information or to contact us, please visit bizneworleans.com slash biztalks.